After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awuz in Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih V, Iyadahullahu Ta'ala bin Israel Aziz stated that the name of the companion who I will mention today from among the Badri companions, i.e. those companions who took part in the Battle of Badr, is Hazrat Hilal radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. His full name was Hazrat Hilal bin Umayyah Waqfi and Hazrat Hilal radiyallahu ta'ala anhu belonged to the Bani Waqif clan of the Aus tribe of the Ansar. His father's name was Umayyah bin Amir and his mother's name was Unesa bin Tehidam who was the sister of Hazrat Kulsum bin Hidam radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Kulsum bin Hidam radiyallahu ta'ala anhu is the companion whose house in Quba the Holy Prophet peace be upon him stayed upon his migration to Medina. We find references to two marriages of Hazrat Hilal bin Umayyah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, one with Furaya bint Malik bint Dusham and the other with Mulaika bint Abdullah. Both wives of Hazrat Hilal radiyallahu ta'ala anhu had the honour of accepting Islam at the hands of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Hazrat Hilal bin Umayyah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu was among the earliest converts to Islam and he destroyed the idols of the tribe of Banu Waqif and was the flag bearer of his people on the day of the victory of Mecca. Hazrat Hilal anhu had the honour of participating in the battles of Badr, Uhud and other later battles along with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. However, he was unable to participate in the battle of Tabuk. And Ibn Hisham has not included the name of Hazrat Hilal anhu among the list of the Badri companions he has given in his book. However, Bukhari has included him among the Badri companions in his Sahih Bukhari.
Hazrat Hilal bin Umayyah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu was among the three Ansari companions who failed to participate in the battle of Tabuk without having any excuse. The other two companions were bin Malik and Murara bin Rabi radiyallahu anhuma. And the following verse of the Holy Quran was revealed in relation to them. وَعَلَى الثَّلَاثَةِ الَّذِينَ خُلِّفُوا حَتَّى إِذَا زَاقَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الْأَرْضُ بِمَا رَحُبَتْ وَزَاقَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ أَنفُسُهُمْ وَزَنُّوا أَلَّا مَلْجَأَ مِنَ اللَّهِ إِلَّا إِلَيْهِ ثُمَّ تَابَ عَلَيْهِمْ لِيَتُوبُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ That is, and he has turned with mercy to the three whose case was deferred, until the earth became too straight for them with all its vastness, and their souls were also straightened for them, and they became convinced that there was no refuge from Allah save unto himself. Then he turned to them with mercy that they might turn to him. Surely it is Allah who is off-returning with compassion and is merciful. The Battle of the Book took place in 9 Hijri. And there is a detailed narration in Sahih Bukhari in this regard where it mentions about these three companions staying behind. Abdul Rahman, the grandson of Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates from his father Abdullah ibn Kaab and when Hazrat Kaab anhu lost his eyesight, he used to help him walk to places. He narrated that he heard Hazrat Kaab bin Malik anhu narrate the following incident. And this narration with regards to Hazrat Kaab anhu is quite lengthy. Hazrat Hilal bin anhu, the companion whose account I am narrating, is also mentioned in this narration. In any case, he narrates that he heard Hazrat Kaab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu relate the account of when he remained behind, i.e. during the battle of Tabuk. Hazrat Kaab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates that I did not remain behind Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam in any battle that he fought except the battle of Tabuk. And I also did not take part in the battle of Badr but the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, did not admonish anyone who had not participated in it. Because the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had gone out in search of the caravan of the Quraysh, and Allah made them, i.e. the Muslims, meet the enemy without any intention of actual battle. However, he states that I was present during the night of Aqba. Hazrat Ka bin Malik ta'ala anhu relates regarding the battle of Badr that he did not participate in it, However, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, did not express his displeasure for not having taken part in this. He further states that I was present during the night of Akbar when we made a solemn pledge to remain established upon Islam and I would not exchange it for the Battle of Badr, even though the Battle of Badr is more popular amongst the people than this, i.e. the pledge taken at Akbar. Hazrat Ka bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu further relates that as for me, 
I had never been stronger or wealthier than I was when I remained behind the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, i.e. during the Battle of Tabuk. He states, By Allah, never had I owned two she-camels before, except at the time of the Battle of Tabuk. And whenever the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, intended to go forth for battle, he would keep it discreet and appear as if to be heading in another direction. In line with the strategy of war, it was the practice of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that he would keep the matter discreet, and in addition to this, he would either prolong the journey or take a different route altogether. But in any case, as Adqab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu further narrates, that on the occasion of this expedition, i.e. the Battle of the Book, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, set forth at a time of intense heat, and faced having to endure a long journey across the wilderness region and to face an enemy possessing great numbers. Therefore, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, announced to the Muslims clearly regarding their circumstances so that they could make all the necessary preparations. On the occasion of this particular battle, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, did not keep anything hidden. Rather, he informed them of the destination and also who the enemy was, so that they could make the necessary preparations. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu then further narrates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, also revealed to them the direction they were going to head towards, and he was accompanied by a large number of Muslims. And anyone who intended to be absent would think that the matter would remain hidden from the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, unless Allah the Almighty revealed it through divine revelation. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, left for this battle at a time when the fruits had ripened and the shade felt pleasant, i.e. in the hot season. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and his companions began to make preparations, and I also would set out with them in the morning. However, I would return without having made any preparation. He would leave in the morning with the intention to make preparations for the expedition, but he would return in the evening having failed to make any. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu further narrates that I would say to myself that I can make the preparations as I have all the provisions at hand and thus remained lax in this regard until the people had made all the preparations and one day the Holy Prophet peace be upon him set forth for the battle and the companions also left with him. However, I had failed to make any preparation for my departure and so I thought to myself that I shall make the necessary preparation one or two days after the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had left, and will then join the rest as I had the means to travel and could do so with great ease. And so, in the morning following their departure, I went out to get myself ready, but returned having done nothing. Then again in the next morning, i.e. the third morning, I went out to get ready, but returned without having made any preparation. Such was my condition, and in the meanwhile the army had proceeded far ahead with great pace. I then decided to leave and join them. And if only I had done so, but in fact I was unable to do so. After the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had set off for the battle, whenever I went out and walked amongst the people, in other words the people who remained behind, it grieved me that I could see no one around me, except those who were seen in disdain owing to the hypocrisy in their hearts, or those who were weak and were granted exemption by Allah the Almighty.
In other words, whenever Hazrat Qab bin Malik anhu would go into the streets of Medina, he would mainly see those who were either excused by God Almighty owing to their weakness, perceived as cowardly and had hypocrisy rooted in their hearts. In any case, Hazrat Qab bin Malik anhu further relates, that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, did not remember me or ask about me till he had reached the book. And it was only whilst the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was sat amongst the people that he inquired, Where is God? A man from Banu Salma stated that, O Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he has been stopped by his two garments and his looking at his own flanks with pride. That is, either he had become too affluent or arrogant and hence he had failed to join them. Upon hearing this, Hazrat Muad bin Jabal radiallahu ta'ala anhu stated that what an awful thing you have said. O Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. By God we know nothing about him but good. In other words, he is not arrogant and proud and nor is he a hypocrite. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, heard this and remained silent. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu then further narrates that when I heard that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was returning from this expedition of his, I became worried and began to think of false excuses in order to save myself from the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's admonishment. I took the advice from all the wise members of my family in regards to what excuse I could put forward. And when I was informed that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was very close, all of the false excuses were abandoned from my mind and I realized that I could not save myself from the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's displeasure, by forging a false statement. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu then further narrates that therefore I decided to speak the complete truth to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, arrived, and it was his practice that whenever he returned from a journey, he would first go to the mosque to offer two nuafil prayers i.e. two voluntary prayers, and then sit in order to meet the people. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, finished and took seat, those who could not join him came before the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and began to present their excuses for not being able to join in the expedition. Each one gave their false excuse and even swore an oath as to why they could not join. And there were over 80 such people who swore an oath and presented their false excuses. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, accepted the excuses they had expressed and took their pledge of allegiance and asked for Allah the Almighty's forgiveness for them. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then left the secrets of their hearts for Allah the Almighty to judge. In other words, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, accepted their excuses and prayed for their forgiveness and then left the matter in the hands of God Almighty. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu then further narrates, that I then came before the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And when I greeted him with a salutation of salam, i.e. peace, he smiled at me, but it was the smile of one who is displeased. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then stated that you have come. I came forward and sat before the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And he inquired, that what stopped you from going and not travelling with us? Had you not purchased an animal to travel on? I submitted, that yes, O Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, but by Allah, if I were sitting before any person from among the people of the world other than you, 
I would have avoided his anger with an excuse, because I have been bestowed with the power of speaking fluently and eloquently, and would be able to present all kinds of excuses. But, by Allah, I knew well that if today I tell you a lie to seek your favour, then Allah the Almighty would surely cause you to be displeased with me in the near future. In other words, he could express an excuse and save himself from the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him's admonishment, that Allah the Almighty will express his displeasure, and it would also be conveyed to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Therefore, Hazrat Ka'ab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu stated, that if I tell you the truth, though you will express your displeasure because of it, however I hope for Allah the Almighty's forgiveness. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiyallahu ta'ala anhu then further states that I then submitted to the Holy Prophet peace be upon him that by God I do not have any excuse and by God I had never been stronger or wealthier than I was when I remained behind you. Upon hearing this the Holy Prophet peace be upon him stated that he has spoken the truth. After this the Holy Prophet peace be upon him stated that stand up and leave from here until Allah the Almighty issues a decision regarding you. Hazrat Ka'ab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu states that I stood up and left, and some of the people belonging to the Banu Salmaf tribe followed me and stated that by Allah we have never witnessed you committing any wrong before this. Surely you did not offer an excuse to Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, just like the others did who failed to go. As mentioned before that there were around 80 people who had made up excuses, for failing to join the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in the expedition. They further stated that the prayer of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to Allah the Almighty, to forgive you would have been sufficient to forgive this sin of yours. Hazrat Ka'ab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu then further relates that by Allah, they continued to reproach me to the extent that I intended to return to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him and accuse myself of having told a lie. But I asked them, that i.e. those who are approaching him for telling the truth, that is there anybody else who has also expressed before the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, what I have truthfully expressed? They replied, that yes, there are two other men who have said the same thing as you have, and both of them were given the same response as was given to you. Hazrat Ka'ab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu then further relates that I inquired, who are they? And they replied that one of them is Murara bin Rabi Amri and the other is Hilal bin Umayyah Waqfi. Hazrat Ka'ab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu states that they had mentioned two such pious individuals who had previously taken part in the battle of Badr and in whom there was an example for me. When people had mentioned the names of these two individuals, I went to meet them, and at the time the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had prohibited all the Muslims from speaking to us. When it was mentioned that there were two other individuals who had acted in a similar manner, Hazrat Ka'ab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu states that I knew that they were truly pious and had also taken part in the battle of Badr. Therefore I decided to join them and not present any excuse. 
Hazrat Ka'ab bin Malik radiyallahu ta'ala anhu then further narrates that I went to meet them and at the time the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had prohibited all the Muslims from speaking to us. And so people began to avoid us as if we were complete strangers till the city of Medina and its streets began to appear strange to me as if I didn't know it ever before. And it seemed to me as if I had come to a completely new place as people would avoid me. In any case, Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that we remained in that condition for 50 nights and with regards to my two fellow companions Hazrat Hilal bin Umayyah and Hazrat Murara bin Rabi radiallahu ta'ala anhuma they remained in their houses out of extreme embarrassment and kept on weeping. Hazrat Hilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu would continuously remain in his house and weep but he says that I was the youngest of them and could bear this affliction with greater strength. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu states that I would also seek forgiveness at home, but I would also go out and pray along with the other Muslims. I would go to the mosque and also to the marketplace, but no one would talk to me, and I would come to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and greet him while he was sitting in his gathering after the prayer. And I would wonder whether the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, moved his lips in return to my greetings or not. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu then further states that I would then offer my prayer near to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. I would discreetly look at him and when I was busy with my prayer, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would turn his face towards me. But when I turned my face to him, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would turn his face away from me. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu then further narrates that when this severe attitude of the people took its toll on me, I walked till I scaled the wall of the garden of Hazrat Abu Qurada radiallahu ta'ala anhu, who was my paternal cousin and the dearest person to me. And I offered my greetings to him, and by Allah he did not return my greetings. I then said that, O Abu Qurada radiallahu ta'ala anhu, by Allah I ask you, do you know that I love Allah and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? However, he remained silent. I asked him again in the name of God, and again he remained quiet. I then asked him a third time in the name of God, and he replied that Allah and his Messenger wasallam know better, in other words, whether he loves them or not. Upon hearing this, tears began to flow from my eyes, and I jumped over the wall and returned. Hazrat Qab bin Malik anhu then further narrates that while I was walking in the market of Medina, suddenly I saw a Nibdi, a Christian farmer from the region of Levant who came to sell his grains in Medina and he was saying that who will lead me to Qab bin Malik the people began to point me out for him till he came to me and handed me a letter from the king of Ghassan in which the following was written to proceed I have been informed that your friend has strictly dealt with you and has excluded you from them however God Almighty has not raised you in a household whereby you shall be dishonoured and made to perish Thus, come to us and we will console you. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that when I read this letter, I said to myself that this is also a form of trial. I then took hold of this letter and placed it into the fire of an oven. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu then further relates that when 40 out of the 50 nights elapsed, the messenger of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, came to me and said, 
that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, orders you to keep away from your wife. I asked, that should I divorce her, or what should I do? He replied, that no, only keep away from her. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then sent the same message to the other two companions as well, including Hazrat Hilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu states, that I then told my wife to go to your parents and remain with them until Allah gives his verdict in regards to this matter. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu states, that the wife of Hilal bin Umayya radiallahu ta'ala anhu came to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, i.e. the wife of the companion whose account I am relating, and submitted, O Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Hilal bin Umayya is an old man who has no servant to attend on him. Would you be displeased with me if I were to serve him? The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied that no, you can serve him, and you can cook and do the household chores, but he should not come near you. She submitted, By Allah, he has no desire for anything. By Allah, he has not stopped weeping since, i.e. ever since he was boycotted as a punishment. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu then further narrates, that following this, some of my family members told me to also ask for permission from the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, for my wife, just as Hazrat Hilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu's wife has sought permission to serve him. However, I replied, By God, I will not ask the permission of Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam regarding her. Hazrat Hilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu is an elderly man, but I am a young man. Therefore, I do not know what the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, would say if I were to ask him to permit my wife to serve me. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu then states that I remained in that state for 10 more nights and after that period of 50 nights was completed, starting from the time when the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had prohibited people from talking to us. And when I had offered the Fajr prayer on the 50th morning, I was on the roof of one of our houses and whilst I was sitting in the very condition which Allah the Almighty has described, that is, that my very soul seemed straightened to me, and that the earth too seemed straightened for me for all its vastness, it was at that very moment I heard the voice of one who had ascended the mountain of Salah, which is the name of a mountain in the north of Medina, and he shouted, O Qab bin Malik, for you are glad tidings. Upon hearing this, I fell in prostration before Allah the Almighty, and realized that this period of difficulty had now been removed. Since the caller had mentioned glad tidings, therefore he knew that he had been indeed forgiven. That morning, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, completed his Fajr prayer, and then announced that Allah the Almighty, out of his benevolence, has forgiven them of their error. Upon hearing this, people came to congratulate us, and they also went to congratulate my two fellow companions that is, Hazrat Hilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu and the other companion. Another person came speeding towards me on horseback, and one of the men from the Banu Aslam tribe came running and ascended the mountain and his voice was swifter than the speed of the horse. And when this particular individual, whose voice I had heard from the mountain top, came to me to convey the glad tidings, by God I only had two pieces of cloth in possession at the time, and gave both of them to him, for he had conveyed to me the glad tidings. I then borrowed two more garments and wore them and went to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. 
There were crowds of people who met me and congratulated me on account of Allah the Almighty's acceptance of my repentance. They would say, Congratulations, for Allah the Almighty has bestowed His mercy upon you and accepted your repentance. Hazrat Qab bin Malik anhu then further narrates that when I finally entered the mosque, I saw the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was seated and there were people gathered around him. Hazrat Talha ibn Ubaidullah saw me and ran towards me and shook my hand and congratulated me. And by Allah, none of the Mahajireen got up for me except him, i.e. Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And I will never forget this act of his. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu then further relates that when I greeted the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, his blessed countenance was glowing with joy and he replied to my greeting. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then stated, I rejoice on this most delightful day from all the days since your mother had given birth to you. I then asked the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, that, O Prophet of Allah, is this glad tiding from you or from Allah? The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied, that no, it is from Allah. Whenever the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, became happy, his face would shine like the moon, and from this we could always determine his state of happiness. When I sat before him, I said, O Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, because of the acceptance of my repentance, I will give up all my wealth as charity for the sake of Allah the Almighty and his Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, replied, that keep some of your wealth as it will be better for you. And so I submitted, in that case I will keep my share from Khabir, and then stated that O Allah's Messenger, peace be upon him, Allah has saved me because I spoke the truth. Thus, owing to the acceptance of my repentance, I shall always speak the truth for the rest of my life. And by Allah, I do not know anyone from among the Muslims whom Allah has subjected to go through trial on account of telling the truth as much as I have. Hazrat Qab bin Malik anhu states that ever since I spoke the truth to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, regarding the event of the book, I have never intended to tell a lie. And I hope that Allah the Almighty will also enable me to always speak the truth for the rest of my life. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu then states that Allah the Almighty then revealed to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, the following revelation that Allah has certainly turned with mercy to the Prophet and to the emigrants and the helpers who followed him in the hour of distress after the hearts of a party of them had well nigh swerved. He again turned to them with mercy. Surely he is to them compassionate, merciful. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu then further states that by God, Allah the Almighty has never bestowed upon me, apart from his guiding me to Islam, a greater blessing than the fact that I did not tell a lie to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, which would have caused me to perish, just as those perished who spoke falsehood. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu then stated that Allah the Almighty has described those who speak lies in the strongest of terms as being extremely despicable and has never described anyone in such a manner before. Regarding those who speak falsehood, Allah the Almighty states that they will make excuses to you when you return to them and Allah will not be pleased with the rebellious people. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu then further narrates that the decision regarding us three individuals was deferred from all other people 
whose excuses the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, accepted, when they took an oath before him. And subsequently the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, took their bath and prayed for their forgiveness. However, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, left our case pending until Allah the Almighty himself issued a verdict regarding this matter, which was, وَعَلَى السَّلَاسَةِ الَّذِينَ خُلِّفُوا That is, he has turned with mercy to the three whose case was deferred. Hazrat Qab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu then states that what Allah the Almighty has stated in this verse does not indicate our failure to take part in the battle, but rather it refers to the deferment of making a decision by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, about our case, in contrast to the case of those who had taken an oath before the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and had lied. But despite that, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had accepted their excuses. It is said that Hazrat Hilal bin Umayyah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu passed away during the rule of Amir Muawiyah. There is another brief note regarding the Battle of the Book and I will narrate that as well. I have spoken about the Battle of the Book once before as well but I will mention it briefly again. The Book is situated alongside the trade route from Medina to Syria and was commonly used by trading caravans. It is located between Wadi al-Qura and Syria, and it is known as the town of Ashab al-Aqa, and this is where Hazrat Shu'ayb was sent. Hazrat Shu'ayb lived in Madian, but he was also sent for the people of Ashab al-Aqa, and it is situated approximately 375 miles from Medina. The Battle of the Book is known by several other names, Ghazwat al-Usra or Jaish al-Usra, which means the difficult battle or the army that faced difficulty. And it is also known as Ghazwat al-Fazir, i.e. the battle that will humiliate and dishonor the hypocrites. After the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, the first letter the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, wrote to invite towards Islam from among the kings was to the Caesar of Rome. At the time, the governor of Busra was Haris bin Abu Shimr Ghassani, who was a Christian and was sent this letter. And upon receiving this letter of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, he displayed hostility and threatened to invade Medina. Subsequently, this resulted in the people of Medina remaining fearful of an attack by them. And the reason why preparations were made for this expedition was that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, received news from the Syrian tribe of Nibdi, who would travel to Medina to trade oil. And they informed that the Caesar of Rome had gathered with his army in Syria. Whereas, according to another narration, the Christian Arabs wrote to the Caesar of Rome, stating that the one who claimed to be a prophet has perished, God forbid, and that the Muslims were suffering from a famine, as a result of which all their livestock have been wiped out. Upon hearing this, the Caesar of Rome prepared an army of 40,000 soldiers, comprising of different tribes under the leadership of an extraordinary general. This army gathered at Bulgar, which is a city in Syria. And although this news did not have any truth behind it, however, it became the cause of the preparation for this expedition. 
When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, received news of this advancing army, the people did not have the strength to fight. However, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, made the announcement to depart and also informed them of their destination so that they could make the necessary preparations. This has been written in Shara Allah Mazarkani. The sacrifices made by the companions and the treachery of the hypocrites came to light in this expedition. As soon as the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, announced to prepare for the expedition, there was an immediate response throughout Medina. The companion used their entire possessions and strived their utmost to offer sacrifices. And the passion of those who were constrained due to a lack of resources reached such limits that they were ready to walk hundreds of miles by foot. In order to prepare for this expedition, some people went to their homes, whereas others gathered their wealth and strived to present as much as possible before their master, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Nonetheless, some would search their homes in order to find something that would enable them to participate in the expedition, and they were even willing to walk the distance. In fact, some of the companions did not even have any shoes to go on the expedition, and they came to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and submitted, if he would grant them shoes, that they would be willing to walk the distance as they were barefoot. Otherwise their feet would be injured and they would be unable to reach the destination. However, the situation at the time was such that they were unable to be given anything. Nevertheless, every person was ready to sacrifice their lives. And Hazrat Umar ta'ala anhu thought that since he had a lot of provisions at home, and perhaps this was an opportunity for him to be able to offer in sacrifice more than Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu. Thus, he presented half of his wealth to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Upon this, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, asked, that what have you left for your family? Hazrat Umar ta'ala anhu replied, that I have left half of my wealth at home. Hazrat Abu Bakr on the other hand bought everything he owned and presented it to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, who asked him what he had left for his family. And Hazrat Abu Bakr replied that he had only left the name of Allah and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hazrat Umar looked upon Hazrat Abu Bakr with envy and stated, I swear by God, I can never excel Hazrat Abu Bakr in anything. The Promised Messiah has mentioned this incident and stated that on one occasion the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, requested for provisions and in response Hazrat Abu Bakr brought all the wealth he owned. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, asked him what he had left at home and Hazrat Abu Bakr replied that Allah and his Messenger in other words, that he has left behind the name of Allah and the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. Hazrat Umar brought half of his possessions and upon asking what he had left home, he replied that he had left half of his possessions at home. The Promised Messiah further states that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that the difference between what Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat Umar has presented is the difference between their ranks. The amount of sacrifice presented by Hazrat Abu Bakr on the occasion of the Battle of Tabuk totaled 4,000 dirhams. And Hazrat Usman sacrificed camels, horses and also presented money. 
owing to the sacrifice of Hazrat Usman Allah the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stood at the pulpit and stated, Henceforth, Usman will not be questioned for any action committed on his part. Now according to another narration, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated, that from this day forth, no action of Usman will cause him harm. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, repeated this twice. Hazrat Abu Akil was the companion who did not own anything that he could present as a sacrifice. And so he devised a plan and agreed with someone that he would spend the night watering the field. And so he spent the entire night obtaining water from the well and watering the field. In exchange for this, he was given two sa, which is approximately four to five kilos of dates. Subsequently, he gave half to his wife and children and took the remaining half and presented himself before the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in order to present it as a sacrifice in the way of Allah the Almighty. On this occasion, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf offered half his wealth to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, which was worth 4,400 dirhams. And Hazrat Asim bin Adi radiallahu ta'ala offered 100 wusk of dates. And a wusk is equal to 60 sa, and a sa is approximately 2.5 kg. And upon witnessing this sacrifice of his, the hypocrites complained that this is mere showing off and pretense. Thereupon, Allah the Almighty revealed the verse. And I would also like to mention here that approximately 14,000 kg or 14 tons of dates were presented by Hazrat Asim bin Adi radiallahu ta'ala and it was upon witnessing this sacrifice that the hypocrites claimed that it was only for show. And I would also like to mention that in the previous sermon I made an error in calculation where I stated that 600 kg of dates. It was not 600 kg, rather it was 6000 kg. But in any case, when the hypocrites raised the allegation that this was all for show, Allah the Almighty revealed the following verse of Surah Tawbah. الَّذِينَ يَلْمِزُونَ الْمُتَبْعِينَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ فِي الصَّدَقَاتِ وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَجِدُونَ إِلَّا جُهْتَهُمْ فَيَسْخَرُونَ مِنْهُمْ سَخِرَ اللَّهُ مِنْهُمْ وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ That is, those who find fault with such of the believers as give alms of their own free will and with such as find nothing to give save the earnings of their toil they thus deride them. Allah shall requite them for their derision, and for them is a grievous punishment. This verse was revealed with regards to those hypocrites, but in any case, this incident is also mentioned with reference to Hazrat Hilal bin Umayyah and further details still remain with respect to Hazrat Ilal bin Umayyah which I shall mention in the future inshallah. I shall now announce on behalf of the Vakfino department that they have developed a website by the name vakfinointernational.org 
We shall be officially launched today, inshallah. On this website, parents can directly contact and acquire information from this department with regards to the letters they have written for their expecting children to be accepted in this scheme and their reply. Furthermore, parents can find the guidance and instructions I have given in terms of the education and upbringing of Rakhvina in our children. Moreover, one can access the sermons and addresses of the Khulafa, the Vakfino syllabus and editions of the Ismail magazine for boys and the Maryam magazine for girls on the website. Moreover, the Vakfine no children can find information and help with regards to career planning. There is also the section to renew one's dedication and also to get in touch with the Vakfino department and to keep up to date. Additionally, the Wakfina no children can also find information about the requirements of the Jamaat and what kind of education they should undertake to best serve the Jamaat. Also, guidance for Wakfina secretaries and the administration and report forms will also be available on the website. Furthermore, there are video clips of the various questions and answers in the classes with me, etc. on different occasions. And there is also the introduction to the Wakfino scheme and information on how to remain in constant contact with the department. There are also reports, pictures and glimpses of the Wakfino programs happening around the world. Hence, this website shall be officially launched today, inshallah, which Wakfino children and the parents of Wakfino should benefit from. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Allah, 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 Allah,